for those of you who don't know me, I am the worship pastor here at Living Word, and uh, I'm doing part five, so uh, thank you guys for, for having me. Um, woo, all right. So uh, a couple of years ago, um, we had friends visiting from New Hampshire, and of course, when you have friends visiting from New Hampshire, the first thing they want to do is say, hey, let's check out the what? The city. Because the city's not around, so let's, let's check it out for us. So, uh, okay, we go there. And what, what is the city? When you go to visit the city, it's a lot of walking, a lot of walking. Creepy people, some more walking. More creepy people, some more walking. So, um, you know, so one day I was in the city, and someone comes up to me, and they hand me a CD and go, yo, check out my music. I'm like, awesome, that's great, thanks. So I take it and say, thanks. And I start walking. He goes, hey, you need to pay for that. You know, and, and I'm just like, and then, and then I feel obligated. Like, I take my wallet out. And I'm like, wait, I don't want this. Like, I didn't I ask for that. Like, that's kind of messed up if you think about it. Like, how many, like, little kid birthday parties do you go to? You give the kid a gift, and you say, all right, little Johnny, give me 50 bucks. <laughs> little kid's going to look at you. He's going to start crying. You rip it. It's terrible. So anyway, I didn't want to start that trend in this guy's life. You know what I'm saying? Like, teach him that that's okay. So, you know, you start to sit there, and, you know, you don't you want to give out your money, and the guy just runs off, you know? And uh, this one time in particular, we, uh, we were walking, and we passed this one guy, and this guy comes up to me as a lanyard on. He's in front of this place. He's like, yo, bro, you want to come to a comedy show? Well, of course, he asks me, right? Um, I'm Mr. Yes Man, like, and I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, no, dude, thanks very much. Uh, I'm not interested. I, I really don't want to see it. And this dude, you know, yo, bro, 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 you need, you need to see this comedy show. Like, it's awesome. And I'm just like, no, I actually saw one a couple years ago. Was, I didn't really like it. He's like, no, but this one's different, I swear. And it's like, no, but we're only here for the day. He's like, perfect, you can go to the comedy show. And I was just like, I didn't even know what to do with this guy. Like, I was sure, like, I was just really testing my patience, you know. So, uh, you know, so I'm like, no, bro. And I'm trying to walk away the whole time. I'm trying to, like, get away. My friends are kind of waiting behind me. And, um, and then he does something that every good salesman does. He goes, what's your name? He tries to personalize it. Don't personalize it. Don't personalize what I'm thinking. Because if you personalize it, I'm going to open my wallet. I'm going to sign off. I'm going to say, let's go to this comedy show. And I'm going to hate it. This is my life. And I'm getting flashbacks of times that I've been talked into things. I'm in a, standing in a shop holding a drum that I don't even care about, ready to fork over $40 to a guy. And, and I remember giving in. And I'm like, I can't let this repeat. And all these thoughts are kind of busting through my head. And I'm getting really frustrated. And so this guy, he stands there and says, What's your name? And I know if I give him my name, he's going to get into where I live. He's going to threaten my family if I don't go to the stupid show. Um, so he goes, he goes, what's your name? And I'm standing, and what happens next is something that I never would have ever guessed for myself. This inner frustration thing just kind of raises up within me, and I just go, Aah! and I just like yell just like that in this guy's face. And he jumps back. People in the city, like they're walking, they're like, but then they're like, it's New York City, so they kind of go back to normal. It's like, this guy's just bum, you know? And the guy backs up, and, and I just was like, I just growled at this man. Like, like a lion. And typically, your first reaction is when you growl at someone is just to walk off, you know? And just say, I'm going to go. And, and I did that, and all my friends stood there. He called me a name, and uh, I deserved it. Uh, man, he was testing my patience, and uh, I don't know where that came from, and it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, and man, we're, we're in overflow part five. And what we've been talking about, we've been talking about the good, we've been talking about the bad, the things that come out of our hearts that, that are good and things that come out of our hearts that are, that are bad. And ultimately what we've been talking about is we, what does God want to produce in our hearts? That has been our question throughout this series. And tonight we're gonna be talking about patience. Now before you get scared, run off. <laughs> um, it's good, it's necessary. Um, I typed in, to Google, um, good old Google, and I said, I typed in patience. 
And uh, I got Yahoo Answers. Um, this one kid, he really needed some help. Apparently, if you guys need help, you, need, you have a huge question that's troubling. Yahoo Answers supposedly will be there for you. Um, this kid thought so, and he went up and said, he, this, is what, this is what the title of the article is, how can I get over my low patience for stupidity? So he went on to say that, um, that the people would just ask him stupid questions. He would get frustrated, yell at them, and it really started to affect his relationships is what he was getting at. And um, one of the best answers that this kid, that, that this kid shows, because um, you can select the best answer, there's a really long explanation, but one of the, one of the things this, guy, this kid said, is said, he said this, he said, it's all up to you, this is the, the giving of this kid advice, it's all up to you to change your ways and overcome your problem. It's all up to you. And as I was thinking about reading this and, and thinking about the series, I was thinking to myself, you know what, that's not entirely true. That in, in, the, in the heart of this series, what we've been discovering is that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are a follower of who he is, that, that he has given us his spirit, that we are no longer under the control or the power of our sinful nature. We're no longer under the control of the evil desires that kind of flare up in us, the things that make us growl at people. Um, that's not what's in control. What's in control is the Holy Spirit. Are we going to make mistakes? Oh, absolutely. This doesn't mean that we're perfect, but I think it's cool because now, instead of being a slave to sin, man, we're, we are slaves to, to, to love, to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus, to what he has done. So I almost look at that and say that is not true, that we don't need to go through these things by ourselves. And we've been talking about love. We've been talking about patience. I'm sorry, I'm out of order. We've been talking about love. We've been talking about joy. Um, and now tonight we're talking about patience. We talked about peace. Um, Doug was really nice. He spoke about kindness last week because um, it was Super Bowl, and he was being very kind and not putting me on that week. But um, that's why we're out of order, if you're wondering. But we've been talking about these, these things that should be producing in our heart. Like kind of if you, you plant an apple tree, you should expect to see what? Apples. Likewise, when the Holy Spirit's in us, these are things that we should be seeing, not just a little bit of, but a lot of. So our question is being saying, all right, well, these are things that should be in our hearts, right? Um, so then what we're trying to do right now is say, then how can I partner with the Holy Spirit in order to see more of this grow? So we're talking about patience. Um, I have a definition up there. Um, in Galatians 22, it's not talking about the patience that, oh man, you know, I need, I need some patience. I got to wait a um, couple weeks you know, I, I can't wait till the semester is over. I can't wait till this, this quarter is over at work. I can't wait till the kids get older. That's not the patience we're talking about tonight, but the patience we're talking about is with each other. It's relational. So here's the definition of the Greek word for patience in, in this, and that, that should be being produced in our hearts. It's this. Patience is endurance, long-suffering, steadfastness, perseverance, forbearance, slow to avenging wrongs. That's what we're talking about tonight. That is the definition of patience. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that we're too suited for patience, right? I mean, we, we see this. If you were ever late, if you were late to coming here, this probably happened to someone in here. Um, you're late, right? You're, you're a whole crap where we gotta get on the, you know, and we're driving and there's a lot of cars, right? There's always that person that comes in front of you. She's like 100 years old, cuts you off and goes 20 miles an hour. You know what I'm talking about? And it's like, it's always one lane and you're just like sitting there. You're like, you're, you're kind of doing the, the, you drive over to the shoulder, you look and you're just trying to, and, and they're just not going faster. You know, this happened to me this week. Of course, I put it in my notes and then this happens to me. I'm sitting there. I'm just like, great. I'm like, this woman cut me off, but it's like, all right, 
because I'm going to, this is two lanes, I'm going to go around her. So I go around her, and then I get caught in traffic, and then she decides to take up the middle lane and start doing something illegal. It was really confusing. So driving, man, we get so furious, our patience, what, is tested, right? You go to the DMV, enough said. Um, Moving on. The bank, you're waiting in the bank, and of course the guy in front of you wants $300 in ones, and you're just like, come on, you know, and the grocery store, there's people sitting there, sitting there, you know, there's an old woman, she's holding the oranges, and she's like, do I really want these oranges, and should I, you know, and you're sitting there, like, a couple people back, and you're just like, you know, shouldn't this have been decided in the orange aisle? The phone rings, a solicitor, like, kids are dying, give us money, and you're like, no, I don't want to, and you hang up on, they must have, they must feel so upset. Imagine getting yelled at all day. How was work? Don't I want to talk about it. But, <laughs> man, we, we just really don't have a lot of patience, if we were honest. You know, uh, I actually started making, making fun of that with the solicitors would call. I'd start singing Backstreet Boys to them and stuff just to brighten their day. It's not a lie. But in all, in all seriousness, man, I mean, we, we don't have much patience, you know, and, and if we're honest there, in the three areas in our lives where, where trouble comes in, where hardship comes in, we have what? One, financial. Maybe you have financial issues tonight. Maybe you have health issues, and that's what we're battling with as a church. But the third area where trouble can come into our hearts, where, where our hardship comes from is our relationships, is our relationships. So think about it. If we have a problem being patient with one another, man, like the kid in the beginning, it's gonna really affect our relationships. And what is, what is that? Our relational issues are what? A huge part of our issues as a whole. And many of us, man, we come from, from families that are, that are broken, that are hard, even between, as recent as between services, I was talking with people and they were saying, yeah, like life at home is, is difficult. Life at home is hard. I don't even know what to do. I, I'm in the right, but I, 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 for some reason they think I'm in the wrong. And we, we're up against a lot, aren't we? I think the enemy of patience tonight is simple. It's impatience. I mean, we live in a society where, Man, everything's instant. You t- I, c- I can take out, you know, my phone right now. I can go on Twitter. I can, I can see what people are up to. Apparently someone hacked DB. You're a pretty princess. <laughs> DBs are... are <laughs> oh, it's Ricky, the drummer. Pranked the bass player today. All right, that's good. <laughs> but I can find out that in seconds, you know. Um, we, we, I can take pictures of my check. I don't even need to go to the bank. I can, I can go online and I can select what groceries I want and some guy delivers it to my house. Man, we live in a culture where, you know what, it's so easy, right, for us to be impatient and it's so easy for us to think that life is all about us. I mean, think about it. This world says, hey, do what you, do what you want. Do whatever feels good. Go for it. That's okay. You know, hey, you worked hard for it. It's all about you. It's all about, you know, you got to get to the top. And it doesn't matter. If you have to make some bad cuts here and there, that's okay. But it's about what you can do. The whole, our whole system here as a culture, it's not our fault, kind of trains us to be impatient. Kind of trains us to think that, in a sense, that we're a big deal. And I think that's the problem tonight. I think that's the source of why we don't have patience with each other is because I think I'm a big deal. I think that what I've, what I've accomplished in life, what I've done, and if, and if someone comes and kind of threatens that, or someone comes and, and like bothers me, it's like, oh, well, almighty me. 
You're, you're, you're getting in the way of what I feel like I need to accomplish. So can we agree tonight that maybe our lack of impatience, lack of patience, comes from the pride in our lives because we say, hey, you know what? Hey, I've been there. I've gotten past that. I'm over it. I don't tolerate that. We were talking about this in our community group. A um, whole bunch of us men, we get together and we just, we just, have, you know, we just talk about life. And uh, one, one of my buddies said to me, he said, he's like, dude, like when I first started becoming a Christian, like, you know, I was learning the ropes and just trying to figure stuff out. And he's like, I, I would kind of say some things that were a little off color and, and, and people would just look at me and be like, that's inappropriate. So bam, slap in the face, ow, you know? What was that for? It was, and it was, he was trying, and, he was, and he's saying, man, that hurt. He's like, I don't know why it, it hurt. And, and as I kind of think about that story, I think about the reason why it hurt is because, hey, listen, I say a lot of silly things. I, I need someone in love to come up to me and say, Andrew, like, dude, don't say fire in a crowded theater. That's not smart. You know, I need someone to tell me, don't do that because I care about you. But I think the thing that we can all relate to is when someone is impatient because it's, it's out of their pride. I mean, I think there's a difference between loving accountability and pride. And, and man, that is so true. We've experienced that time and time again. Maybe you're, you're, you're coming back to the faith, you're new to the faith, and maybe you slipped up every once in a while and someone looked at you, they're like, oh, Harry, come here. She, she just said a bad word. You just breathe something into the atmosphere and now little kitties are breathing in and they're dying. You know, and you're just sitting there and you're like, what is this woman, guy, thing talking about? You know, and, and maybe you felt judged and maybe you're, at that point you're like, start swearing up the storm so all the kitties die, you know, because you're like, you just want to spite them. Someone clapped. <laughs> I don't want any kitty to die. My mom was here last service, and she was just like, that. you just didn't have to say that. <laughs> but in all seriousness, man, that, that it's unattractive. It's not like Jesus. Jesus is loving, accepting, and sometimes this is so true in us in the church, outside of the, these walls, and then we see a trend that we, no matter where, who we are tonight, our pride can take over and lead to our lack of patience with one another and thinking, hey, I've earned this position. You know, I, I, I'm good at this. I, I, don't, I watch my mouth or I, I do this and I'm a squeaky clean person and therefore I have the ability to be able to stomp you out. That's not at all biblical. That's not at all right. And yet we see it in corporate America. We see CEOs, you know, we, talking down to their employees. We see the, the people on the, you know, they even create jo- uh, those shows, right? Um, undercover boss, so the boss can see what it feels like to be on the ground level, which I think is good because we've created this system. And you know, that's okay. But when it's not out of humility, when it's not, when it's based out of pride, man, that's when we run into an issue. If you ever go to a wedding, um, you're going to probably hear the scripture maybe talked about at least once. It's, it's, it's from 1 Corinthians 13. It is the love chapter. Um, and they talk about love, and, and, and they, why do they do that? Because it's a union, people are getting married, and they want to discuss what love is. And one of the first things, as it's up on the screen, um, that love is described as is what? Love is, you can say it with me. Love is, is what? Patient. Love is patient. Man, so if we just stop right there, we, that's the first description of love. Love, it says after that, it says love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it does not keep a record of wrongs. But if you are not patient, 
then there's no way that you can fulfill the rest of that stuff on the list. So tonight, can we agree that patience is a big deal? That, that if, if I don't show patience to you and you don't show patience to me, man, our relationships will go downward. Maybe this is why there's so much divorce in America. Why the, the, the families are falling apart because we haven't learned. Our culture's training us to be impatient, to make it about ourselves. Man, but if, if husbands and wives, if, if friends, if family members were more patient with one another, what would our society look like is what, is what the question I wanna get at tonight. So what's at stake tonight is you can tune me out, but can we really afford to allow this area of our life be untouched by what God wants to do in it? Because if, if we neglect this area, man, we are gonna see, we're gonna miss out on a huge chunk of how God can work in our lives because relationships are huge. And I think that comes down to us realizing who we are, realizing and putting ourselves in proper perspective. One thing that God has really been showing me lately, he says, Andrew, in order for you to do, you need to understand what I've done. Because if you don't understand what I've done, then you're not gonna be able to do. And and basically, that is something that God has been putting on my heart, and that's something I wanna take us through tonight. Man, what has God done for us that we can rest in in order for us to be able to carry out these things that seem so hard? Let's go into Matthew 18, verse 23. If you have your Bibles, you can grab it. If not, it should be, you can read it with me up on the screen. So Jesus is telling a parable and, and it's a story that's really gonna, I think, bring us back to the heart of God, to the heart of the gospel. And in verse 23, it says this, therefore, this is Jesus talking, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Other translations talk about 10,000 talents. And, and I'm not much of a mathematician, but when I figured it out, um, in American money, that comes out to $2 billion, $250 million. Now, if we add up all of our salaries in this room, it will not even come close to that. So imagine how much that is worth back then. So, so this, man, this man owes this much money to the king. So the king's like, hey, let's get everyone together. Let's figure this out. Hey, you owe this, you owe that, and you owe, wow, you owe a lot. <laughs> so we have this guy. He's, he renames on, he's, he doesn't have a name, so we just call him the servant. So he owed him that money. And in verse 25, it says, Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Wow. Man, so this debt costed him his life. Now, when we say life, it's not just his physical life, but everything that he's ever built, his, 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 the people closest to him, that, that this is how much he owed everything. So I can Im- imagine being in his shoes, just someone coming up to you and saying, everything that you've worked for, everything you love, will be taken away right now. This is how he reacts in verse 26. At that, the servant fell on his knees before him and said, be patient with me. Have mercy on me. Be slow to to avenge this wrong that I've committed against you. He's just begging him at this point. Be patient with me, he begged. And I will pay back everything. I can almost imagine that his words echoing inside the castle. 
And you have all the other, the king's servants standing around just looking. In disbelief. Here's a guy who owes a debt that is so huge. And he thinks he can pay it back. He can't pay it back. I can see the guy's like nudging the other guy. Like, Dude, how, how is he going to pay that back? He can't pay that back. Even if they sell everything that he has and, and he's working hard for the rest of his life, he won't even make a dent. How can, he, how can he do it on his own? And the king sat there. I can imagine it being very awkward for a second. Verse 27. The, master's, the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Wow. See, the reason... I believe that the master, the king, canceled his debt was because he felt sorry for the guy. He felt sorry, this is what I believe, that he thought that he could pay it back. And if we think about it tonight, the problem that you and I have is that we think that we could pay it back. Our sin, the things that I've done wrong to God, the, the sins I've committed against God, I think I could pay it back sometimes. Because I'm going to try to, oh, let me try to do good. Or, hey, you know what? I'm not going to growl at some people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love on them. I'm going to care about them. And the solicitor's call, I'm going to say, I'll give you all my money. Well, maybe not all of it, but I have to give other money to, to my grandma. And I, you know what I'm saying? Like, we try to like rationalize. We try to, we almost look at our good deeds and say, well, I'm a good person, right? We look in the mirror and we say, I, I've done this, I've done that. I, I'm not a bad guy. Like, I mean, yeah, I mess up here and there, but I'm good. And we try to, it's almost like we try to earn it back when we can't earn it back. And, and I think that this, this problem leads to our impatience with each other. And the reason why we have this problem is because we don't understand the gravity of how much we've been forgiven. We don't understand the gravity of, of the weight of the, the debt that hung above our heads, that hung above my head, that hung above your head. We don't realize how heavy that actually is. Man, this guy, I don't think he appreciated that because we'll see what happens in a few moments, what he does. But for some reason that, that when people come up to us, we still have the ability to look at them and say, you know what? Hey, you know what? You're bothering me right now. I've earned this position. But really, in actuality, we haven't earned anything in of ourselves. Let's continue. So this man, his debt is forgiven. He goes out. And, and normally, if that was you or me, I, you know, I, I remember when I quit Target um, I, I busted out of the doors and I'm like, yes, in the parking lot. And the parking attendant looked at me crazily. I'm like, I just, I quit. And he's like, oh, good. You know, <laughs> he's like, good, run while you still can, you know? Like, but I, I, I jumped out of there and said, I'm free. And, and likewise, I could see this guy just running out and be like, I'm free. But, but instead of doing that, this is what he does in verse 28. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Um, 100 silver coins was actually a denarii, a 100 denarii, and that in American money is a whopping $362.58. So how much? I know if you guys are some of you guys in college it is, but in comparison in comparison to 2 billion, 250 million dollars, that is chump change, that is change you pick up on the street. And 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 this man, that's how much this guy owes him. So let's see what happens. As we continue, he grabbed him and began to choke him. 
Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His, his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll, and I'll pay it back. Same situation, but roles reversed. I mean, he's choking the guy. I mean, if you and I were standing there, we'd be like, hey, hey, what do you, have you forgotten that huge debt that was hanging over your head that the king got rid of? Have you forgotten about that moment? And you're just gonna throw this guy up against the wall and choke him because he owes you jump change? Man, that's, that's, that would have been my reaction. That would have been your reaction if we were standing there. And at this point, we need to ask ourselves, man, where's this guy's focus? Is he thinking about what the king has done for him? Or is he thinking about the sin that was committed against him by this servant? I think we know the answer to that. The answer is that he was thinking of the sin that this guy committed against him. And because of that, that's why he was so furious. He was forgetting about the grace that was shown him. See, when our focus is on man, we're going to fail every time. Man, I've been working in the ministry for five years on the baby spice of the ministry world. Um, that's not long. I gotta watch what I say. See, yeah, this is why I need people to be like, Andrew, don't say stupid things at serious points in your message. But one thing that I've, I've learned is if I keep my focus on, on the people that has hurt, hurt me, man, I wouldn't be here. But when I keep my focus on God and I know that he's going to get us through, man, I've seen amazing things happen. And likewise, man, when our focus is on God and that he's perfect and we can be intimidated by that perhaps. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you're intimidated like I have all the sin in my life. I'm scared. But when a perfect king who has every right to destroy you looks at you and says, I want to forgive your debt. Man, when you're focusing on that, I don't know how you can go to someone else and have that attitude. And I know life is hard, and I'm not saying this, that this is easy, but when your focus is on what has been done for you, it's going to be at least a little bit easier tonight to be able to show mercy and patience to others. So this guy's a choice. This, 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 this servant is on the ground begging him, same situation, roles reversed, saying, be patient with me and, and I'll pay it back. And this is what happens. But in verse 30, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. It's crazy. Let's think of it this way. Let's say there's something wrong with your heart. This is an analogy. And you need surgery. So, so you're, you're, you're in the, 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 the room, you're getting operated on, you're put under, and I'm in the waiting room waiting for you because I'm your ride. And I'm getting impatient. I got to be somewhere. <laughs> it would be insane, wrong, illegal. If I were to run through the hallways, find the room and say, this is taking too long. Push the doctor aside, grab the tools, and start to work on you myself. Man, I am far qualified. I would do more damage than I would do good. I mean, so many times, and I, I'm talking to myself tonight, we do this to other people. They, they come up and, and they're, 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 they're just, I don't know what your issue is or however your, your situation looks, but they, they, they start to get on your nerves. They start to, to like get in the way of you doing life. 
and, and we began to try to almost fix them and, say, and push them aside and say, I'm going to do this myself. And we maybe say snappy remarks in order to get them into shape so that we don't have to deal with them. And we're causing more damage than good. We're pushing the master doctor aside, the one who knows how to do it. And we're trying to do it ourselves. Man, I, what I want to, you guys to understand tonight is that, that patience isn't a passive thing. Patience isn't like me sitting in that waiting room waiting. It's not like, hey, I'm just gonna roll over and let you know whatever happens. And, and also, quick disclaimer, this is not a message to say, hey, let people walk on you. I, I'm, not a, I'm not about that. I think there's some serious situations in here that you need a lot of wisdom for. And obviously, you're not gonna be patient with someone who's, who's beating on you. Uh, that's not what we're saying here tonight. And if that's you tonight... Find one of us. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you, do anything we can to help you through that. But I think for most of us, man, we need to realize that we need to allow the master doctor to work and stop messing up what he's trying to do in, in other people's lives. Because we're not being passive when we're being patient. Because when we're being patient with someone, we're shining the love of God onto someone who doesn't deserve it. Like you and I didn't deserve it. Because the same currency of grace that, that we give to each other is the same currency of grace that, that God forgave our debt. The same patience that I can show you is the same patience that God has been showing me in being slow to dealing with my sin or being quick to send Jesus to die to be, cover my debt so that it's over. So we, we know the rest of the story. The servant throws the other guy in jail, and what happens? The king's servants catch wind of this. They find out about it, and the, and the, and the, and the king throws this guy in jail. The guy is not paying for his debt. He's paying for his lack of mercy and patience. And Jesus ends the parable by saying, and this is what will happen to you. This is how my heavenly father will treat you. Man, that's crazy. I think what I want us to see tonight is that God's initial reaction is to be patient with us. That's all he requires, is that, that we just come to him and, and we just say, I, I have this debt and I can't, and he's going to take it. Maybe you've been trying to earn you know, maybe you're, you look left, you look light, right, and you're saying to yourself, man, I, I'm not as clean as other people or I'm not as good as other people or however the world puts it. Maybe that's you tonight and you've been trying to try to pay back this debt that you can't pay back and because you can't, it's like, I don't want anything to do with this. And if that's you tonight, man, God looked at you and said, I forgave you of your debt. God looked at you and said, man, you, 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 if, as long as you say that I'm your king, it's gone. It's wiped away. As long as you hide yourself in me, you're good. And, and, and that's crazy because I don't deserve that. We don't deserve that, but he shows it to us. Let that sink in because when we focus on what the king has done for us, it's going to be so much easier to show a little bit of mercy, a little bit more patience to other people as well. As I was studying for this message, um, I looked up every verse I could find that had to do with patience in some way, shape, or form. Man, I was humbled. Because if I could hold, I should have brought a Bible up here, but if I had a, the Bible in my hand, which is kind of, I'm preaching, I should have it, right? Um, if I could hold it, I would hold it up and say, this book is a story 
of God reaching out to man, man spitting in God's face, God wiping it away, God making redemption. Man coming close, spitting in God's face, God wiping it away, making redemption. Till suddenly God got so fed up that he sent himself down here and decided to teach us what love is. And you know what you and I did? We killed him. We nailed him to a cross. But the thing is, it was all part of his plan. Because that blood that was shed covers is the reason why we can stand in the court of law and that God can say over us, hey, your sin has been forgiven. And out of that love, man, as we live out of what he has done for us, man, we're, gonna be, we're just going to naturally want to follow him. We're gonna, when we understand the gravity of how much we've been forgiven, we're going to be the type of people that can run out there and, and just kind of like be hugging random strangers. Uh, that's kind of weird. Don't do that. But I'm just, you know, because we're free, because we realize it. There's a theme in patience throughout the whole Bible. Doug was preaching this morning, and one of the verses that he said from Isaiah, Old Testament, Isaiah 53, somewhere in there, I'm not sure, he just says, he intercedes for those who are rebellious. That's Jesus. And maybe tonight you're rebellious. Maybe tonight you're not. But to know that God cares about you so much, that he got serious Enough that, hey, we're, we're done with the little child's play stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die for you. I mean, that's the gospel. That's the beauty of it. We don't need to work for anything. We can't earn anything towards God. So therefore, man, God forgave the unforgivable in us. Why can't we tolerate with this person who's kind of getting on our nerves? Maybe patience for you tonight is not writing someone off. And maybe it's, it's saying, you know what? I'm gonna come alongside you. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to, you have a problem, maybe like, that, yo, that guy has problems, I don't wanna, maybe it's instead of saying he has problems, maybe it's saying, hey, I'm gonna be patient with you, I'm gonna try to help you through those problems. Maybe tonight it's just showing a little bit more love, that love is patient, right? That, that, that's where it begins. But man, I think when we understand what God has done for us, man, our life will change. And I, I feel like I'm not even scratching the bucket of it. I feel like I'm kind of like that guy who walks out and said, yeah, I've been forgetting my debt. That's cool. But I, I, my prayer it constantly is, God, help me to be grateful. But man, what I want us to get tonight is this, that the patience that we give comes from the patience we so freely receive. The patience that we give comes from the patience we so freely, free of charge, unmerited, unearned from God. So what if we understood this message? Now, what, if we, what do we do? Like, how, how do we make this and translate it into our life? Man, I feel like if we, if we allow the Holy Spirit to do this in our hearts, man, we'll see mar- our marriages get better. We see, well, we see our friendships get better. We see our, our, our family issues maybe start to change. And, and if they don't, then at least we are doing all that we can to allow God to do something in their lives. I know people can, can kick back. I know people can fight back, and, and that kind of gets crazy. But man, I don't know about you, but I want to know that I'm doing everything I can because there's a God who gave everything he had. So what we need to do is we need to focus. Where's your focus? Man, if our, as our focus is on, on those people who have hurt us, then man, we're going to want to hurt them. But if our focus is on God and what he has done for us, then man, it's going to be a lot easier to show mercy and show love to someone else when it's been shown to us. 
Two, we need to realize that, that patience is not a passive thing. It's active. It believes the best. It, it allows God to come into a situation. Maybe it's coming alongside someone and being there for them. Maybe it's just, it's just showing someone mercy when they don't deserve it. Why? Because we've been shown mercy. And, and the third thing tonight that we can just leave with is this, is saying, Holy Spirit, create patience in me. Create in me a heart that actually cares. Because if I'm honest, this is something that we can't grow in of ourselves. You can't grow a tree if you don't have a seed for a tree. So, man, we need to go to God and say, God, would you come? God, would you create something in my heart that currently may not be there for this person, for this situation? Because the patience that we give comes from the patience we so freely receive. Let's pray tonight. God, we come before you. And we thank you that we don't need to go through this alone. God, as we focus on what you've done and how you've forgiven us, Lord God, help us to be able to show that same mercy to the people that really try our patience in our lives. God, help us to be people that truly care. So we just ask right now that you would create in our hearts by your spirit, an overflow of patience. God, that you would give us the ability to be able to overcome in a lot of these circumstances that are hard. That we would realize tonight that patience is a big deal. Because when we fail to show it to each other, it will ruin relationships. So God, we just pray that you'd come and you'd do something fresh in our hearts tonight. And on the other aspect of it, God, we thank you for the debt that you've erased over our heads. When we put our faith in you, we make you Lord and Savior of our lives. God, we thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit, that you've washed us clean of sin. God, that we can stand before you in the court of law justified. That's insane. Help us to be, help me even, to be grateful for what you've done tonight. If you're a Christian, uh, at this time, just, just go before God and, and just, God, ask him, how can I be more patient? What can I do? Show him, maybe even ask him some of the people in your lives that are giving you a hard time and just, just go to him in prayer now. And, 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 if, and if you're new to the faith tonight, if you're not a believer tonight or you're just checking it out or, or wherever you find yourself tonight, if you felt something inside you, something that says, man, I want this savior. I want to be a part of, the, of having my burden taken off my shoulders because I've been trying to earn, I've been trying to earn, I've been trying to earn. If that's you tonight, would you just continue praying? If, if you want to make him Lord and savior of your life, just this, this starts a conversation. This isn't a magical prayer, but it starts a conversation. Just pray silently to yourself or even out loud if you want and just say this, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I'm humbled and grateful for what you've done. Thank you for paying for my debt. Thank you for erasing my sin. I recognize that you died and that you rose again on behalf of me and saving me. We thank you for that. We, I invite you into my heart that you may make your home there. Help me to follow you and thank you, God, for what you've done.
We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.